0: So, a lot of people, more than you might think, have had some kind of strange, uncanny, or unexplained experience in their lives. But one of the interesting things about being a priest is that occasionally people tell you about theirs. Visions of Jesus, visits from the part of ones, encounters with angels, astonishing coincidences, and so on. Now, I'm inclined towards a bit of a skeptical temperament. And when I was young, I used to sometimes ask God to give me a miraculous experience like that. Honestly, sometimes I still do, because who wouldn't want such an experience? But so far, it hasn't been my fate, except for this one little thing which I believe is a contender for the title of World's Most Insignificant, Uncanny Experience. (laughs) And it's so tiny and kind of dumb that I hesitate to even tell it, let alone in a highly public forum on Easter Day. (laughs) But here we are. It was about 10 years ago, while I was living in Seattle, and getting ready for a camping trip. I went into my apartment closet, and I reached up onto a high shelf where I had a camping stove stored. And on top of that stove was stored a little camping cook pot. And so I stretched up on tiptoe, and I lifted down the stove, and no cook pot came with it. And I looked back up at the shelf, and there was the pot exactly where it had been. And I mean, exactly where it not sitting on the shelf, but resting in thin air about four inches above the shelf, (laughs) right where it had been when the snow was over. And so I kind of did a double take and looked at it again. There it was, plain as day, levitating (laughs) cook (laughs) pot. I stepped out of the closet and put the snow down and scratched my head a little and then came back in and there it still was. I stared at it for a bit. I thought about grabbing it down, but sort of seemed ashamed to interrupt a mysteriously levitating pot. I <laughs> thought about getting a ladder to go up and get a closer look. Finally, I stepped out of the closet again for a moment, and when I came back in, there it was sitting on the shelf as if nothing had ever happened, although I hadn't heard any sound of it falling. Now, I wondered what to make of this experience. I hadn't been consuming any mind-altering substances. (laughs) The only pot in this story is the levitated one. (laughs) I saw what I saw. But maybe my eyes were deceiving. It seems like the simplest explanation. Or maybe I thought maybe the pot had been kind of touching the wall behind it, and had been stored up there so long that maybe somehow the paint behind it got sort of gummy and fused to it. It was strong enough to hold it up there even when the pot slid out somehow without dislodging it. Maybe somebody rigged it up with magnets to play a practical joke on me. Who knows? One thing I can say is that this experience has left precisely no long-term impact on my life, (laughs) other than a kind of vague curiosity of what the heck happened. But as for a greater significance, you can let me know if you can come up with one, but I just have never been able to see what kind of message God or the universe or some friendly spirit might have been trying to send me with a two-minute levitating camp it's just not the kind of thing you can really theologize about. Now, I am sure there are people in this room right now who have more interesting, strange experiences to share. and Maybe you'll share some of them with us at coffee hour or at a new time. But there's mine. Not a lot of deep meaning. All I can do is stick with the raw facts of my experience. One of the things I love about the Easter story we heard today in its version from the Gospel of John is how Mary Magdalene stays with the raw facts of her experience. She rushes to the other disciples and she says to them, I have seen the Lord." She doesn't say, God has raised up Jesus from the dead. She doesn't say, Christ has saved us from our sins. She doesn't say, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. There will be time for those reflections later. But she rushes in breathlessly. And she tells them the raw data of what her eyes have told her. I have seen the Lord. And from that bare experience, her life has changed forever. This is not like my experience with her thought. This is something that will transform her life and not hers alone. This is something that will transform the world. For at least two reasons. One is because of who it is that she has seen Now, encountering someone who had died is unusual and strange. But there are thousands of people that she might have met who had died that would not have transformed her life in the same way. But this is the one that she has come to know as the Lord. This is the teacher, the healer, the one whose very presence somehow sets people free From what it is, they are in captivity. This is the one who has drawn her and so many others to follow him. In the years before the crucifixion, this is the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The one who said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The one who said, I have come among you not to be served, but to serve The one who said, follow me. And this is also the one who was crucified. The one whose love and integrity and passion for God and for us made him a threat to those in power and led him to go willingly to a criminal's public death. This is the one whose loving liberating leadership had gained her allegiance, and whom human power had seemed to have stuffed out. So this encounter of Mary's is not a momentary curiosity to scratch her head about and then go back to the life she expected to live. This is a life-changing turnaround, because if it is Jesus who is alive again, then everything changes. And another reason that this experience is transformative is that it won't stand on its own. Not only Mary, but others will begin to have their own experiences with the risen Jesus. Disciples like Peter, like James, even former enemies of Jesus' movement, like Paul, In those weeks and months after the first Easter, enough others had their own profound experiences of encountering the risen Lord. But the movement he had begun, far from being squelched by his crucifixion, was galvanized by the conviction that he was alive again. And not only alive, but one with God, propelling them out to continue his mission, of love and blessing to the far corners of the earth. They went from a scattered band of terrified, demoralized ex-disciples to a family of old apostles on a mission. And when they, like Jesus, suffered and even died for their faith in him, they were prepared to walk in the way Jesus had walked, to love their enemies, pray for those who persecute Him. That movement of love is continuing to this day. And it continues to gather in more and more of us, joining us with Him as we're baptized into His risen life. Most of us as individuals may never have an uncanny, mystical encounter with those in Jesus but we can still point to the ways that he has transformed us and is transforming us today. We can point to how we meet him every week in the Holy Meal of communion. And we can point to how we meet him every day as we share our lives with one another, as we care for the sick and feed the hungry, as we study scripture and sing and serve. He is alive and he is among us today. At the very center. And he is still saying, Follow me. Join in my movement. Pray and work and struggle and rest and rejoice until the full day of God dawns and you are swept up into my song of Alleluia forever and ever.